Good morning, church, and welcome to those online or those here at the church. Those of you that are here at the church realize that I'm not here at the church. I'm still on the screen. And the reason for that is, as most of you know, my son was diagnosed with cancer a few months ago, and he is currently in treatment. He actually goes back for his third cycle this coming week. And the biggest issue for our family, aside from obviously him healing up from cancer and cancer being taken care of, is we're we're living in a pandemic and the doctors told us if my son Tosh ends up getting COVID, it's going to delay his treatment for at least 14 days. They're actually not allowed to treat him if he were to have COVID and that delays everything. So the good news is, is nothing's been delayed. He's been right on target and all the scans have come back really good, favorable. The doctors are pleased with the results. So continue to pray. I'm thankful for the grace that you've had on my family and we will be back soon because he has two, only two more cycles and then once he's cleared with cancer things will be restored a little bit more towards normal as normal as a pandemic can be but we're thankful for the grace and thankful for the prayers and the love and the support we feel it we're thankful that we can actually still serve like this and you can still hear God's word from this church so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get right into the message this morning Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day, Lord. We're thankful for all the blessings that you've uh, brought our way. We're thankful for the, the fact that you keep us in focus on who you are and what you've done, and your word still goes out from this church. I pray, Lord, for us this morning that we find encouragement in what your word has to say. I obviously pray for our country and everything that's going on, for what's going on with the pandemic. I just pray, Lord, that your hand would guide us through all these different issues. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this week we are in the fourth week of our Psalms of Encouragement and we're going to be studying another Psalm of David, Psalm 27. The big idea of Psalm 27 is security because David is actually being pursued by King Saul. As we talked about a little bit last week, King Saul was jealous of David and he was pursuing him. He was trying to get him killed or he was trying to kill him. But you know what? When I say security, most of the time we think of physical security, right? Law enforcement, doors locked, alarm systems, military. The security, though, that this psalm teaches about is not only physical security, it's actually having security in the Lord. The reason why it's not only physical security is because physical security can be sometimes a false sense of security because that security can be compromised and sometimes can be taken away. And David realized that. So the security that's in the Lord is actually ready and waiting for us, but we need to know how to identify it. So now what happens is Psalm 27 is going to teach us five ways that we can realize the Lord's security in our lives. And the first is this. The first is security through salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now David calls the Lord his light and salvation. He does this because the Lord helps him see clearly and the Lord has continued to deliver him. See, we call the Lord our light and our salvation for similar reasons, 
but we also have a little bit more clarity because we're on the other side of the cross. Now we know that Jesus said of himself, I am the light. Look at the John 8, 12. It says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So now Jesus tells us he is the light of the world. The light brings clarity. We don't walk in darkness any longer. Jesus also said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What this verse does is actually describes the way of salvation is only through Jesus. Now, the truth of the scriptures is this, that we are all sinners and we need a Savior. That Savior's name is Jesus. And he came to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Three days later, he rose to prove that he is God. He rose from the grave to prove that he is God. And the scriptures tell us this, all who believe will have eternal life. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's saying he's the way to salvation for all people. And the truth is this. We need to believe that Jesus is that way. So because David could clearly see and experience deliverance, and because we can now clearly see and experience deliverance through Jesus, the next few verses remind us of this security we have in Jesus through our salvation. So he goes on in the psalm and says this, Whom shall I fear? The Lord is, my, is, the, the, Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I I be afraid. So the scriptures teach here, we should not be afraid. Now, not because there's not harm out there, because we know there is harm out there, but we should not be afraid because the Lord is our stronghold. Now, a stronghold is a secure, protected place. Now, the truth is this, we are spiritually protected no matter what physical harm our comes, comes our way. We are spiritually protected no matter what physical harm comes our way. Spiritually, we're protected, and this is actually repeated again in Hebrews 13, 6. Now, then David goes on to say this, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. So remember, David is being pursued by King Saul, these evil men and his, whoever he sets out that's evil against David are pursuing him and they're trying to get him. So in this verse, here's what, what David is saying. He's saying, when evil comes his way, which it will, essentially those people will pay for what they do. They're actually stumbling into their sin and falling into their sin. They're doing the wrong thing. By pursuing him, by doing evil, they're doing the wrong thing. Now, sometimes in life, we get, up, we get caught up in trying to take revenge on people that try to hurt us because there, there's gonna be people that try to hurt you. The Lord is our stronghold. He spiritually protects us, but there's gonna be people in life that, that try to hurt you. It might be family members, it might be friends, it might be coworkers, whoever it is. There's gonna be people in your life 
that don't have your best interests at heart and actually want to see your downfall. Now, it's easy for us to get caught up in trying to take revenge on them. But listen to what Romans 12:19 says. Romans 12:19 says this, "Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay," says the Lord. So basically, what God is teaching us is this. Hey, listen, you know what? If people are coming after you, if people don't have your best interests at heart, if people are attacking you, you know what? Just step off and realize your protection is going to come from the Lord. He's going to take care of them. You don't have to worry about making them pay for what they've done. So then David continues in verse 3 and he says this, Though an army encamp, encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. So David's saying here, no matter what harm or physical danger comes his way or David finds himself in, he's not afraid. And he's actually confident in the Lord. You know, this is our foundation. Regardless of what happens to us, no one or nothing can stand in the way of the salvation that we have in the Lord. That's why this, these first three verses are entitled Security Through Salvation. No one can ever take our salvation away. Nothing can ever stand in the way of what the Lord has done for us. You know what? If you want to read more about this, I would suggest this. Maybe before you go to sleep tonight, if you want to read more, read Romans chapter 8. And it really talks about how nothing can separate us from this salvation, from the love that the Lord has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. See, when we really understand our salvation, there's nothing that can happen in this world that will shake us. Because we realize that ultimately we are secure. We will eventually be with the Lord for eternity. So no matter how bad this place gets, it doesn't really matter that much because we're secure in the Lord. So we need to keep this in the forefront of our mind, which brings us to our next point, And that is we realize our security through focus. We realize our security through focus. It's so easy for us as believers to get off focus. But this is what this says here in verse four. It says, one thing have I asked the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, if you remember back to Psalm 16 a few weeks ago, we learned that we find true joy in the presence of God. We find true joy in the presence of God. Now, this verse teaches us that we gain focus in God's presence. We gain focus in God's presence. Now, this verse I call an already not yet verse. An already not yet verse because it kind of foreshadows eternity, but it also speaks of being in God's presence here and now. You see, as believers, we have to realize focus is so important. Our focus is so important. There's so much right now in our culture that distracts us from being still and being quiet. 
You know, the 17th century philosopher Blaise Pascal said it this way. He said, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Let me say that again. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Now, if that was true 400 years ago, how much more can it be said of us today in our distracted culture with radios, TVs, phones, internet, constant connectivity, topped off with the fact by most are saying this is actually an addiction in our culture, that we are actually addicted to our devices. And some of you might even feel this for yourself. You might feel like, you know what, I'm always reaching for my phone. I'm kind of addicted to this. But some of you are maybe realizing this for your children. You're seeing, man, these kids are spending so much time in front of screens. They're addicted to it. It's like they can't stop if they wanted to. See, you and I both realize that sitting alone does not solve humanity's problems, like Blaise Pascal was actually saying. But sitting alone in the quiet actually brings focus. Being still before the Lord in the quiet will actually bring focus. It has become seemingly impossible for people to sit quiet and meditate on the things of the Lord, meditate on his word, spend time in prayer. But that's exactly what we need to gain focus. When David's talking in this verse, he's saying, I want to dwell with God. I want to focus on him. So here's what we do oftentimes when problems or issues come our way. Instead of focusing on the Lord, here's what we do. We try to solve those problems. Something happens in our life, we try to solve it. Maybe you go to Google, see if anybody else has solved this problem. And basically, what's going on, you're, you're, you're looking to the world and to the culture to see how to, to solve things and to see how to be delivered, to see how to escape. And before you know it, you either have a man-made solution or you have a sense of hopelessness because you don't find any solutions that people have. But see, what we really need to do to gain focus is to spend time with the Lord, to focus our attention on him. So here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you this week. If you don't have a quiet time, a time where you just spend sitting quietly or walking in the woods quietly or walking down the street quietly, wherever it is, I want you to spend five minutes each day this week in quiet. No phone, no TV, no radio, no distractions. Just you and the Lord. I don't care where it is. It could be in your car. Maybe it's hard for you to even find that place. So maybe you have to go sit out in your car in your driveway. Wherever it is, I want to challenge you. Just five minutes. And then if you can do that this week, here's what I want you to do. The next week, I want you to add maybe another five minutes or maybe another seven minutes. Ideally, working to spend 20 to 30 minutes a day just in quiet. In quiet, in prayer, in reading scriptures. I'm telling you, it's going to do wonders for you. And some of you are thinking, 20 to 30 minutes a day, that's a long time. Well, let me just ask you this question. Swipe on your phone to where you find your screen time. 
and how many hours you spend looking on your phone. Okay? I can guarantee you it's more than 20 to 30 minutes. It might be as much as four, five, six, or even eight hours. So don't argue and say, that's a long time. I can't spend 20 to 30 minutes. You can. I know you can. And when you do, you're going to gain focus. You're going to gain focus on the things of the Lord. The next way we realize security is through experience. Now, our lives are made up of a series of experiences. And those experiences kind of shape who we are and how we think, right? So for David, he experienced some huge challenges, like fighting a giant, like fighting off King Saul, basically running from King Saul that was pursuing him. These challenges resulted in him seeing God's deliverance and protection. So here's what he says. He says, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. He's saying this because he's done things like that for him already. So David's confidently saying through his experience, I have security because I know God's done this for me before. And guess what? If he's done it for me before, he must be able to and desire to do this for me again. So David was able to say these things, not only because they happened, but because he recognized that these things were not by chance, but by something God allowed. His experiences led him to realize the security he had in the Lord. You know, we can realize our security in the Lord through our past experiences as well. We can look back and see what the Lord has done in our life. But we have to realize that they are actually things that the Lord has done in our lives. Because oftentimes when things happen in our life, when we have a close call or when we have a decision, when we made a decision that resulted in our safety and blessing, we fall into the worldly trap of saying, I was lucky. Or we say, I was smart. I was lucky. Good thing that didn't happen, or I was smart. That didn't happen because I made good decisions. Now, really, what we need to do is realize through these experiences, God protected us and reminds us that we find security in him. So we shouldn't say, I was lucky or I was smart. But what we can say is, I was blessed. I was blessed. God kept me secure. God protected me. Even if it was a decision that you made, God was the one who enabled you to make that decision. He protected me. He delivered me. Which then brings us to a place in which we desire to worship him. Many times we desire to worship him because we're filled with joy. But sometimes we're actually broken and scared or upset and do not want to worship him. But I want to tell you this, through worship, you're going to find security. That's our next point. Security through worship. It says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So sometimes we worship because of what's happened, right? We see this great thing and we worship because of joy. But other times it's hard for us to worship because we're going through something difficult. 
Have you ever had something unpleasant or bad happen to you? And then you come to a worship service and through worshiping in song, you felt a peace and security even in the midst of a difficult time. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I know I've been. And I know there's two times in recent memory that these things actually happened to me. And the first was a few years back in March of 2017 when my dad suddenly passed away. I came to worship that following Sunday. I can't tell you the exact song or anything like that, but I can tell you this. Standing and singing praises to Jesus was healing to my soul, and it brought a sense of security. The second and more recent, many of you were there on November 15th this past year, the week my son Tosh was diagnosed with cancer. Obviously, this is one of, the, one of the things no parent ever wants to hear, coupled with many unanswered questions, made me and the rest of my family feel afraid. So I came to church that week, stood with all of you, and worshipped. Again, I can't tell you what songs, but a sense of peace and security came over my heart. Some of you have had similar experiences. Things were not looking good. You were broken. Something happened that will forever change your life. But you came to worship that following Sunday. And you realize the security that you have in the Lord. And it might have been through worshiping him in song. You know, we're so thankful for all the volunteers that we have that, that assist us in worship because these worship songs actually speak the truth of God's word to us and make us realize and feel the security that God desires for us to experience. You may have noticed some of the songs we sang today are words directly out of this song and the one we will close with are words directly out of this psalm. Now, lastly, we realize security through prayer. Security through prayer. Now, the fact that the God of this universe hears, listens, and answers our prayers should make us feel very secure. David knew that full well. And he also knew that he could talk to God about anything and ask him for anything and be brutally honest with him. So the rest of this psalm is actually a prayer. And in that prayer, David prays five things that actually bring security. And the first is grace. He says this, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. You know, grace is getting something good that we do not deserve. And David is asking God for grace to answer his prayer. He's not saying, God, you said seek me and I am, so you better answer me. He's saying his heart intention is to seek him. And he's asking God to hear his cry, knowing that God does not have to answer him. And David doesn't necessarily deserve an answer from God. Like in Romans, it talks about that. Who are we to even ask God? See, this is how we need to humbly approach God. 
We don't demand from God. We don't give ultimatums to God. We ask for something God does not owe us. And that's an answer. God does not owe us an answer. When we pray, he does answer. And that's through his grace. And he answers us and it helps us to realize that we're secure in him. Next, David prays for companionship. He says, hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not. O God of my salvation, for my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Now this verse is a bit confusing because there's no account that David's parents abandoned him. But the concept here is that there may be circumstances in life in which someone as close as a parent and a child can actually have a falling out. But David's praying, this is not the case with you, O oh God. You're not going to abandon me. You know what? For us as believers, on the other side of the cross, we realize that Hebrews 13, 5 tells us that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So when David's praying, he's praying for the companionship that only the Lord can bring. You know, so many times in life when things are going bad or, or you know, we feel insecure or whatever is going on, we're looking for other people to make us feel better. We're looking for the answers from other people. But really, we should be looking to the Lord. He's the one that walks with us. He's the one that offers us the companionship that we so desperately need and want. And when you realize his companionship, here's what's going to happen. You're going to actually feel secure. Next, David's prayer is for guidance. He says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on the level path because of my enemies. What do I do in the situation? That's, that's the big question for us, right? When a situation comes our way, what do I do in this situation? Sometimes situations arise in life that scriptures do not explicitly speak about, and we need to go to prayer to ask God for guidance. You know what? Maybe you have decisions right now. Maybe you have a decision you need to make, and none of the options are sinful. Maybe they're not black and white issues but praying for peace in this situation. Maybe it's the difference between two jobs. Maybe it's the difference between selling your house and buying another one or moving to another state. It's not necessarily a sinful thing like sin or not sin, but it's a big weighty decision that you need to make. So here's what you need to do. You have to pray for guidance. Teach me your way. Which way do you want me to go, God? How do you want me to follow you? What is your will for my life? Praying for peace in the situation that God will guide you in the way that he wants you to go. See, when you have that peace from God, that he led you in the situation, it actually brings security. Remember I talked about having quiet time with the Lord for five to maybe 30 minutes a day? Sounds like a lot, right? But don't you want that guidance? Don't you want that peace? Don't you want that security to know, you know what? I was called on to make a decision. And it wasn't between 
not sinning and sinning. It was two good things. And I had to make a decision. And guess who I went to? I went to God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on the level path because of my enemies. You know why he says that? Because of my enemies? Because many times when there's things going wrong, it's harder to make a decision. It's harder to make a decision. So that's how much more we need to go to prayer for guidance from the Lord. See, when you have that peace from God that he led you in the situation, it brings security. Now, next, David prays for protection. This happened a lot with David because he was being pursued by the king. He says, Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Now, David prays for physical protection, but notice he doesn't just say, keep me safe. He says, protect the truth, okay? For the false witnesses have risen against me, saying, protect the truth. Help me to follow the truth. Protect the truth. Help me to protect the truth. You know, as believers in our culture right now, protecting and standing up for truth is important because the culture is actually trying to say there's no truth. Trying to confuse and teach the coming generations that there's no absolute truth. That whatever you feel like doing, you should do. No one knows the real truth. You should be able to do whatever you feel like doing, no matter what. There is no absolute truth. That's what the culture is trying to say. Well, you know what we need to pray for as believers? Pray that the truth is protected. Granted, we could stand up and do things to protect the truth. But as believers, we really need to pray that the truth is protected. Because you know what? When truth is protected, we actually feel secure. Because the truth will actually bring security to our lives. Now, finally... David prays for faith. David prays for faith. He says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You know, in these final verses, we see David makes a few statements about faith. He says, I believe, okay? I believe that's a faith-filled statement that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. He knows that God is good. Then he says, in the land of the living. Then he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. See, when we're praying, it's an act of faith. And part of our faith or acting out our faith is this waiting for the Lord. You know, maybe today you're not feeling security because things are up in the air. Decisions have to be made. Things are up in the air. Things are unresolved. Things change in a way that they can never be brought back to the way they used to be. So you're kind of a little uneasy. You don't really have that sense of security. Well, this is where God is calling you. You know what? Have faith. Okay. Have faith. I believe, have faith. I believe that God is good. But he's saying this, in your faith, here's what you might need to do right now. You need to wait for the Lord. Be strong in that. Be strong. Keep your focus and attention on him because he's the one who brings security. Let, not your, let your heart take courage. 
Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. You know, today we're going to close the service worshiping with that song, Wait for the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. I'm thankful for each person that's here in this building or each person that's tuning in online today. I'm just thankful, Lord, that even when things are up in the air, we know that we're secure in you. We know, Lord, that you are the one who loves us and desires good for us. And you're the one who protects us. So we're thankful for that. As David prayed when he was being pursued and things were kind of all out of joint and all out of whack and he didn't know exactly what was going to happen, he knew that he can focus his attention on you and you would bring him security. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.